0: Family, you've done this for me going on 26 times now. And I just want to tell you what we all know. Um, Whatever benefit you've been, I've been to you, this church has been twice that for me. I've got pastor friends in this building that are way better men than I am that have war stories that you would not believe. And I don't have one. You've been good to me and kind to me, and faithful to me, and friend to me. And it's a joy uh, to be a part of this local body. Thank you for loving my wife and my babies, and for loving this pastor. Um, I'm very grateful, very grateful. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Ruth, chapter 2. Oh, I'm ready to preach this morning. Y'all stand with me. Ruth, chapter 2. We're preaching a series... Uh, from the book of Ruth, and we've taken one word for each sermon. If you go back, you'll see the previous four. Does anybody remember what they were? What's the first one? Kingship. What was second? Can't hear you. Bitterness. What was the third one? Home. What was the fourth one? Faith. And today we're going to talk about grace. Ruth 2, 1 through 16. Now this, we pick up the story where Naomi and her husband had went into Moab. Naomi's husband had died. Her two sons have died. And her and Ruth had made their way back to Bethlehem because God has visited his people again with bread. And here's uh, Ruth, who was a pagan woman, an idolater. And she's coming in to God's people, God's land, God's customs for the first time. And if you look in the parallel, you'll see many different facets of our life as believers. Uh, She has found faith through the Word of God, and now she's about to experience grace. And so you'll see Ruth, and you'll see yourself. Naomi, a type of the Jews that left God and are brought back. Ruth, the type of, of pagan like us. Uh, those outside the commonwealth of Israel brought into God by mercy and through the inner workings, uh, unrecognized, God has brought her to this land, and now she's about to encounter grace. Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. And Naomi, the widow, had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And whoever this person is, I hope that I find grace. And as she went, she came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And it just so happened that she came upon a field that belonged unto Boaz. See, we think that we found God, but we were being led and we just so happened to find God's grace through the message of Christ the Lord. And Boaz was of the kindred of Elimelech, and behold Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, "The Lord be with you." And they answered, "The Lord bless you." And then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, "Whose damsel is this? Who who is this girl?" And the servant that was set over the reapers answered, "It's the Moabite woman that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab." And she said, I pray you, may I glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from morning till now, that she t- except for the little time she tarried. And then said Boaz unto Ruth. See, after hearing this, Boaz engaged her and how God engages us. He said unto Ruth. He said something, hold on. Verse 8. Thank you. Then Boaz said unto Ruth, "Hearest not thou not my daughter? Don't go to any other field. You don't need any other savior, don't need any other Lord, any other grace. But abide here fast by my maidens. Let your eyes be on the field where they reap, and go after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch you? Uh, I'm providing, I'm protecting, and when you're athirst, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and fall backward. She fell forward. Grace humbles you, and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in your eyes? That's the question of the believer. That you should take knowledge of me, seeing I'm a stranger. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It has fully been shown me all that you have done unto your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you left your father and mother and the land of thy nativity. And you are coming to a people which you know us not heretofore. And I know I'm taking time here, but it's important. What this is a type of is God knowing everything about you. I know your journey. I know how you got here. I know what's happened. I know who walked out. I know who you buried. I know. But I'm orchestrating your life. That's what's going on here. And may the Lord recompense your work and a full reward be given to you of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you are come to trust then she said, Let me find favour in thy sight, my lord, for you have comforted me, and that you have spoken friendly unto me, though I be not like unto your handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come closer, eat of my bread, and dip your morsel in my vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her part corn, and she did eat parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she had risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, let her even glean among the sheaves and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose, handfuls on purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. One other verse, let me just read it to you, Hebrews 4:16. Therefore let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Would you pray with me as I pray for myself this morning? Lord, I humble myself before you in the sight of your church, your people, and you and I know the deal, God. I am at best an unprofitable servant, but for whatever reason, you put your eyes upon me and sent grace my way, and I am Ruth. I am the pagan that had no right, no way, no hope, and you brought me home and you brought me in and you filled my life with wonderful things. Life has not been easy, but you have been good, oh God. Anoint my lips this morning to preach with clarity and with unction and an anointing from heaven that would make the word of God come alive in our soul. Let us leave today, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, saying, surely I heard from God this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Grace. And whose, whose eyes I might find grace, Ruth said. Whether, her consciousness, whether she was conscious of it or not, she was saying, I, I have no right anywhere in this land. I have no body. I have no way. It'll have to be someone's mercy... That'll let me approach. And someone's grace that would let me eat. There has to be an intervention. of Someone different than me. Greater than me. Grace is that which makes us, us acceptable. It's the greatest of benefits. It is divine unmerited favor. It is the pure liberality. The pleasure of God. Filling and satisfying our souls. Releasing gratitude and worship. It is the realization of grace that breaks a man, breaks a woman, so that they humble themselves and give their life back to God, knowing that if it were not for God, they would not have life. If it were not for God, I wouldn't have anything. The proud man lifts his head and says, my hands have done this for me. My mental capacity, my skills, my abilities, my work ethic, the breath you have is grace. The opportunities are all of grace. Grace is an extension of God's person. The Bible says in John 1 that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It is the revealing of his heart. Grace is the overflow of his goodness. John 1.16 says, And we beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten of God, full of grace and full of truth. And of his fullness we have received grace for Grace. Grace is the unveiling of God's intentions towards us. It's the expression of his sovereignty. He can give it because he is it. He is gracious, full of grace, full of truth. It is the evidence of his faithfulness. It is the signature of all his works and dealings with man. It is the oil that lubricates every difficult spot in our life and makes it possible for us to continue onward. It is the vehicle by which all blessings, listen, known and unknown, visible and invisible, find their way to us. And if you don't mind, it's just right. I'd written it at the top of my page, but I was so eager to preach that I inadvertently missed it. Um, I just want to say publicly uh, about my wife uh, for our anniversary. When she found this guy, I was shattered. I was shattered. And she was my friend for several years before dating was ever an option. She is the best mother that I have ever known. And I've lived a long time. We were having a little disagreement the other day. And I told her, I said, "Uh, can I just tell you something? She said, yeah. I said, y'all never had a disagreement. So just glean from us and learn, you know. (laughs) I said, you know that I know, that everyone else knows I can never do better than you, so where am I going? She goes, point, you know, that's (laughs) right. But I do wanna tell you happy anniversary, and um, one of his greatest expressions of grace in my life is you and my babies, and I'm just grateful for that. So thank you for letting me say that, it was right. Okay, very quickly I wanna talk to you about those who find grace. Those who grace finds them, don't be hung up about you finding grace or it finding you, it's yes. Uh, Your journey, you weren't looking for God, but he was looking for you, not because you were lost to him, but you were lost to yourself. Don't, Don't try to put it in all the categories because grace was working before you knew it. God was working before you realized it, and by the time you recognized him, You were the fish with the hook in your mouth all the way to the boat. And when you got in the boat, you're talking about who you found. And, you know, grace worked its way to you. But those who find grace, and I'm going to use that phrase, although it's grace finding us. But those who find grace, who encounter grace, do so by the scriptures. If you're taking notes, they do so by the scriptures. She said in verse 2, And let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn... After him whose side I shall find grace. Where, how does a person approach their Boaz? How does a person approach God? We have to have the scripture. Uh, Wade was sharing this with us the other day. That how can they hear unless there's a preacher? And how can the preacher preach unless he be sent? Naomi and either Elimelech or others from Bethlehem had shared with her the verses in Leviticus it has to be because faith cometh by what hearing and hearing by the word of God in Leviticus 19 it tells the landowners when you reap the harvest of your land do not take the corners of the field neither gather the gleanings of the harvest do not glean your vineyard neither gather every grape of your vineyard you shall leave them for the poor and the stranger I am the Lord your God So she says to Naomi, I'm going to get up this morning because we're home, but we ain't got nothing. And I'm going to go see if I can find a field to gather in because God has commanded it. Where does she go? It doesn't matter. Grace will get you there no matter which direction. And when we hear that Jesus Christ died for us and paid for our sins and became our substitution, when God offers a forgiveness and we say, well, how do I get there? Just walk towards my voice. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. And she had heard that scripture and stepped out not knowing anything. And see... We do respond to the gospel. We do respond to the message. But it's God that oversees the walk, the direction. He's the one that makes sure. And she just happened to find it. You just happened to have met that person in high school or college that shared the gospel with you. You just happened to come across this opportunity or this business. It just so happened that my boy Jimmy... uh, it, it just so happened that his bus stop was a preacher's house. You see, it just so happened. If you look back, every, beaut, every, every, I test, I dare you, double dare you to try me. Every profound blessing in your life, you'll attach it to God doing something that you either see or didn't realize, and you say that was the Lord, grace. Those who find grace. Do so in response to the scriptures. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Okay. And they find rest. Those of you that are bound, we, we, we hear about Jesus and we're bound to alcohol and drugs. Your pastor, I can match you story for story, baby. I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but I'm not embarrassed by it either. I heard in the scripture that sin should not, shall not, not should not, shall not have dominion over you. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. And when I heard that, I took my bound to alcohol, bound to perversion, bound to immorality, bound to illicit wickedness, and I walked towards that scripture, and I found that those that respond to the scriptures find grace. How'd you get out? What kind of system? What kind of program? One word, grace. I figured if Christ said I was free indeed... That I didn't need a pastor, a pope, a bishop, a vicar, beads, or a dead saint. I didn't need any of them. I don't appreciate that. Can't help it. We have a diluted, polluted, and distorted gospel now that blends Jesus Christ with all these other helps and props and idols and fallacies and foolishness. He is sufficient, and His grace is sufficient. But it's got to come through the the Bible. You can't just approach him. You can't just pick a field. You have to pick the field that he's prepared. Number two, those who find grace are led by the Holy Spirit. I love this verse, Romans 8, 14. And they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How do you know that you are a recipient of grace? How do you know that you're a child of God? Not only the witness of the Spirit in your heart, but the leading of the Spirit in your life. You don't make your own decisions. Now, to the proud, arrogant, carnal Christian, you aren't going to like this at all. It'll, it'll aggravate you. It'll aggravate you. You, don't, you aren't supposed to make any decisions without submitting them to God's will and say, you guide me. Now, by any, I don't mean you wake up in the morning and go, which tie? God, which tie? He said, they're all ugly. I don't care where any one of them. They're all ugly. It don't matter. But I'm talking about decisions. Life decisions, the humble man says, "I know that there 's grace awaiting me in certain fields. Guide me, Lord, I will not pick that which seems right unto me there 's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of dead, death. I will not pick the greenest field like lot because you know the grass is greener over the septic tank i 'm not going to use my own i 'm not going to use my own Intellect. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. Do you want me here? Watch. Do you want me here today? Christian, there's a difference between this and this today. It could might it might be this tomorrow because the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. But Lord, lead me. That, That phrase right there. It will save you years of regret, and it will open the doors to unspeakable blessings. I will not go forward till you lead me. You better hurry. The window's closing. Let it close, baby. Put a nail in it. God can get me a new window. I will not make haste. I'm waiting on the Lord to lead me. I'm waiting on the Lord to guide me. I'm waiting on the Lord to show me. He's got a field. And it's named grace. And if I will humble myself and be led by the Spirit of God, that will give evidence to my sonship. We are led of the Spirit, listen to this, knowingly and unknowingly. That right there will blow your circuits. Some of you are being led and don't even know it. It's Everywhere I go, shut door, shut door, shut door. Do you not know that's the hand of God? The same God that opens a door, the other side of his hand is closing the door. And God, I remember saying one time, you just leave me no options. You're quick, John. You know, you're sharp. That's what I love about you. I love that about him. He's, he's quick. Because, John, if I gave you options, you'd take them. And narrow pathways, Kelly, lead to specific destinations. Lord, your path, when a man is brilliant or a woman is brilliant and very successful, and the natural thing to do is make this business decision. And he lays it out before the Lord. And they say, you have to give us an answer by Friday. He said, I don't have peace, so I'm not giving you an answer by Friday. I, I know too much about him to get ahead of him. I would rather be five years behind God than one day ahead of him. Because if I'm behind him, I can see him. And if you look at the greatest sources of pain, let me just say for me, because y'all are all sanctified and separated and you ain't never done this. The greatest sources of pain in my life outside of stupid tax, you know what that is, sinful choices, stupid tax, is making decisions in my flesh instead of waiting on the Lord. You ain't got to say amen. I know you. I know where you live. I see your Facebook. I know knowingly and unknowingly, led of the Spirit, willingly and unwillingly. What do you mean? He led me unwillingly? Yeah. Y'all remember Footprints in the Sand? Y'all remember that? Y'all ever read prints in the Sand? I'm not trying to be crassy. It was there I saw that your feet had guided me. My story's Buttprints, where he just drags you this way, you know. That might not be fit for today, but it's perfect theology for my life. I thank you publicly, Lord, for the places you led me that I wasn't even willing to go. Oh, well, you're a creature, a free moral agent. You're a moral agent. I know, but he's God. Amen. And he has the heart of the king in his hand and he turns it whithersoever he wants to go. I've learned that as a dad. I can steer my unwilling children. Do you realize my little thing I did with Isabel this weekend, that experiment? It cost her years off her life. (laughs) I twisted her behavior with the options that I laid before her. Anyway, let me get on. He's led you visibly and invisibly through open and closed doors, through support and opposition, through victory and defeat. He's led you the, the long way so you wouldn't go the wrong way. And God led the people of Israel, not through the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Have you ever been going from A to B and the closest distance between A and B is a what? Straight line. And you see where you're supposed to go, where Israelites were, Canaan. And God led them the long way. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. What are you talking about? The length of the way. The uncertainty of the way. The barrenness of the way. The comrades of the way. The disappointments of the way. The the lack of the way. They were discouraged because God didn't take the quick route. And let your pastor tell you that there are many ways to get to the destination. But one is God's way. And the one that's God's way, listen, listen, keeps you from yourself. He said, because I know you, once you see battle, you'd quit and go back to Egypt. And the long pathway I took you on kept you. That thing I kept from you, listen with your spirit this morning. See, it's different for everyone else. That thing I kept from you, kept you. Had I gave you that blessing, I would have lost you. Had I, that, that bad thing I rescued you from, would have capsized you. I'm leading you, visibly and invisibly. I'm leading you gently, accurately. Do you lead all your children the same I'm so y'all, I'm, the older I get, you know when you get old, you just you're just tired of people. It's crazy. They 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 just say these little cliches, and I just treat all oh, my babies the same. You, no, you don't. One of your babies sane, and one of them's not sane. One of them sweet, one of them's not sweet. One of them's really smart, and one of them is, well, bless them, Lord. No. And we're so hung up that God's not leading us the way he leads this one, but I have learned that he leads me perfectly through perfect knowledge of me. Thank you, Lord, for the pace based on perfect knowledge. Thank you, Lord, for the things you kept from me based on perfect knowledge. Thank you, Lord, that you're my shepherd. And if I follow you, I shall not want. Thank you, Lord, that you did not treat me like that other sheep of yours, because if you treated me like them, I could have died in a river or been eaten by a wolf, because I'm stupid. Sheep are pretty dumb. I don't like that word. Well, Whatever word you want to put it. You know, sheep just fall, fall in a brook and die. Just fall in a brook, get swolled up with. That's my problem. I fell in a brook. Right, that's what happened. <laughs> that phrase, he leads me according to perfect knowledge. That makes me lie down in green pastures. I may not understand, but thou knowest all things. I may not see clearly, but you see perfectly. God, you're too wise to make a mistake. You're too loving to be unkind. Ruth said, All I got to do is find the field. And it's, see, it's up to me to believe. It's up to you to make sure that this ignorant sheep finds the field, finds the person, finds the job. Do you know how much one of the reasons we can't sleep at night? Because you're still your shepherd. The Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want for nothing. Now, the flip side to that is you don't get to be Lord. That assaults your pride. Those who find grace are led faithfully, determinately, and successfully. Those of you that are following the Lord and it looks like you've made a mistake because you're closing your books in the middle of a chapter. Don't ever close your books at the end of the day. Because God's not finished. Those who follow the Lord make it to their destination successfully every time. In every chapter of their life. I want to say that again. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how south it looks. I don't care how backwards it looks. Well, if God's with me, then why all of this? I'll tell you one of the reasons. You ever, anybody ever said that? If God is with me, then why all of this? Look at our fathers, uh, Gideon said, look at our fathers, how Moses, God led him through the wilderness and led him through the Red Sea and, you know, the plagues and the deliverance from Pharaoh. If, If God's for us, where's, where's, why isn't this working? Because you ain't got no stories of your own. Quit talking about Moses and everybody else. If you'll follow me, I'll take you through your Red Sea. I'll take you through your deliverance. I'll rain manna from heaven on your life. I'll bring water from a rock. And once you get those stories that are yours, there's a solidity and a concreteness about you that is unshakable, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because you know Him. I'm a man of grace. Don't talk to me about knowledge and wisdom and experience and I just, well, in the natural realm, grace. Grace. He named his throne pertaining to you. It's a throne of judgment to the world. A throne of grace. When you come before the highest court in all of time, I want you to know that it's written grace on it for you. That we may approach the throne of grace and find grace for help in time of need. Those who find grace are the ones that are willingly and unwillingly led by the Spirit of God. Those who find grace are foreknown. They are foreknown. They are recognized by God before they notice him. Uh, Boaz said, whose damsel is this? I just, These are just little nuggets, if you will, just little tidbits. Handfuls on purpose, if you will. It said that, he said, whose damsel is this? He recognized her before she knew who he was. See, that's a freeing thing too. He loved me before I loved him. He knew me before I knew him. He chose me, I didn't choose him. They are perfectly known by God. And the servant that was set over the reapers, verse 6, said it's the Moabite damsel. She came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And uh, she's been gleaning in the field. To know that I'm perfectly known by God. And I've said many of these things to you before, but I'm giving you, you know, there's like a core group of truths that we build our house of faith on. And, you know, the things, like when we pass through and we build, it's like when we got that revelation, everything has to filter through that. Let me tell you one of my pillars in my life. I am perfectly known. And he loves me. Perfectly known. And he loves me. When the Bible said the hairs of my head are numbered. That doesn't just mean he knows how many fell out last night. And we can slow that down anytime you want to Lord. Uh, It means that he knows the number of the one that fell out. And the number of the one. The few that grow back. The number. I'm going to take it a step further. So God could say. Last night as John slept, number 22,316 fell out of his head. Why would he include that in the scripture to let me know my hairs are numbered? He wants you to know I am current with you. I am current with you. So the grace you will receive from me is based on where you are right now. No wonder Christians are at peace. No wonder they are at rest because even when I don't have any sufficiency or access seemingly or I don't feel him, I know that I am always under his eye and his perfect knowledge and he is working things out for me that I haven't even asked for or know to ask for. Great peace have those that know your word, that love your law. When I know him, I say, I ain't got to worry about this. Listen, there's a balance to everything. And anything that's not in balance is out of balance. Life is very hard. The Bible says life is full of trouble. As the sparks fly upward, so is life full of trouble. I got that. But God has the final say in every chapter. And so with this difficult life, the evidence of the Christian, the evidence of grace is rest she's not pacing in the field she's gleaning in the field because it has to be there if she gets run out of that field she'll go to the next one because God has commanded them to leave the corners and the leftovers for the poor and stranger now watch I'm poor I'm a stranger whosoever will Let him come unto me. I'm whosoever. And whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, delivered. I'm whosoever. So see, when you see that in the word, it frees you not to get exactly what you want every time, but it frees you from the responsibility of making it happen. All right. They are foreknown. They are seen as they shall be tomorrow, not merely as they are today. Did you notice that they said this is the Moabitish woman and then he called her daughter? Did you notice that when you read it before? The reaper said she is a Moabitish woman and when Boaz spoke to her, he said, my daughter, uh, which meant daughter of Israel, you're part of the flock. See, God treats you According to what he knows, not just your current experience. Let me give you an example. He sees you as you shall be, not just as you are. Simon, you're going to soon be Peter. Abram, which means father, you're soon going to be the father of a multitude, Abraham. Saul, you're soon going to be the apostle Paul, and you're going to turn the world upside down with the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of our problem is that we don't spend enough time with God to, to, to hear or find out what he sees about us in tomorrow. You are becoming it. I saw my little boy on this stage this morning. My like, God, is that his future? Is that, you know, I was worshiping and he's sitting in my little lap. I just realized how rich I was. My head was... My chin was on his head, and I was telling him to clap and worship. Oh, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And I I look at how mixed and impure I am and how limited I am. But I would move heaven and earth to make something happen for him. And my God is not limited by anything. You see, the gift for you is revelation. That's why when Jesus comes to you on the boat in the storm, The the immature Christian wants him to calm the storm. The mature Christian wants a revelation. He said, it is I. It is I. I am is here. If I am is here, then I pass from a circumstantial peace to a peace that passes what? All understanding. That's good. I'm going to get my own CD this morning. That's good. (laughs) those who find grace are protected and preserved in their journey and they're fully known number four, they are active if you're taking notes, they are active alright, I gotta go quickly you think I've talked fast so far, I gotta talk faster right now in verse 11 and 12, Boaz said It has been shown me all that you've done unto your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and mother and land of your nativity and you are coming to a people which you knew not. not. May the Lord recompense your work. A full reward be given to you of the Lord God of Israel. Once you believe, it's impossible not to act. It's impossible not to um, move She started serving Naomi. She left Moab. There's changes that are made. Activity doesn't merit salvation. It gives evidence to it. It doesn't merit grace. It gives evidence to it. When Paul saw Jesus on the Damascus Road, the first words out of his mouth were, Who are you, Lord, and what do you want me to do? Active in their faith, their sanctification separation from the world, their consecration, separation unto God, their worship, their prayers, active in their efforts, her taking care of Naomi, active in their works, active in their expectation. She said, in whose eyes I'll find grace. I expect that if I follow the word of God, then God will take care of me. There's an expectation. Do you know some of you, the reason you are not joyful is you have no expectation? One of our favorite things, Kelly and I talk about it all the time, is how excited Elisha gets. You can just tell him anything. He squeals. I don't want to squelch it. He squeals like a little girl, but I don't want to squelch it. You know, you know we'll add the masculine parts. He just, I mean, crystal breaking on the counter, you know, just, I mean, squeals. And there's an expectation. You know what makes Christmas the way we celebrate it in the natural? Not just the birth of Christ, the expectation of the child. Weren't you more fun to be around when you had an expectation of the Lord? Weren't you more joyful? Weren't you more peaceful? Oh, I know what happened. We became grown. And we stopped being like little children who see the kingdom of God. I don't mean we just don't go to work because I'm a child. Now I don't have to go to work, pay no bills. I'm a child of God. No, that's not what I mean. I mean a child's expectation. They can't sleep at night. For the good that's coming their way based on the promise of their parent. David said, I'd almost fainted, but I waited to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Can I paraphrase that for you? He said, I don't have the strength to stand up, but if I'm not standing, I won't be able to see with my eyes that which God's been doing behind my back and in the dark. And I know that if he planted me in this darkness, I'm going to blossom in the light. Oh, I know if winter buried me and covered me with ice, that spring and joy comes in the morning. I have an expectation that God is so good that his goodness will find me. That he's so powerful that his power will rescue me. That his plan is so perfect that it will preserve me. How do you find out those things about God unless you go without them? How do I know he's a uh, a healer without being sick? How do I know he's a provider without going through lack? How do I know that he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother without going through loneliness? He orchestrates our lives so that we can see him, receive him, and appreciate him. Number five, those who find grace are changed. Change. They're changed. Don't tell me you're a believer and don't tell me you have the grace of God in your life if you are not perpetually changing from glory to glory. You know what you ought to look like? You know what we ought to look like? If you're walking with the Lord, you will look like this, period. There's just no way around it. Go ahead and hang a sign around your neck. Pardon my progress. Sheetrock falling all down, walls knocked out. See, we want everything to just polish it up and look nice. And God's coming through there with sledgehammers and buzz saws. Oh, I, don't, I don't believe that. Oh, yeah, he said. And I'll paraphrase for you go do your Bible study and see if it's not in there. He says, And I look for fruitfulness, for the growth in you, so that I may prune back your branch to nothing, so that you'll be more fruitful. But isn't my life real pretty? (laughs) Excuse me. Limb falls to the ground. And I got this one little thing that's beautiful and it's really (laughs) pretty. I was so frustrated with the Lord one time um, in my ignorance and naivety. Thankfully, I don't do this near as much now. I wrote a sermon and I titled it Sap Squirting (laughs) Stumps. I was smart enough never to preach it. I did. I said, this is what I am, a sap squirting stump. And it's like, you know, God says, brings angels. Come look at watch him. It's just watch him. Watch this. You know. I want my life comfortable. And God wants it based on cause. I want it based on comfort. And his is cause. How can I be changed into the image of Jesus Christ and keep looking like me? You can't. Change is inevitable. Her residence changed. You can't live for God and live in Moab. You can't live like hell on Saturday night and come in and sing God's song on Sunday. I remember when I left all of my old, I'll say old friends, because of the pastimes and the hobbies we all had, I told them, I said, I ain't judging you, I'm judging me. I am not strong enough to live in this familiar bondage and hang out with you and not partake. How can I receive grace and take it back to a hog pen? Now, it doesn't mean we live perfect, but it means we, I got to move. I got to move. You're trying to kill me. Whose friends trying to kill you. Our residence has changed from Moab to Bethlehem. Her priorities have changed. Her relationships have changed. That which influences her has changed. No longer is she serving a pagan god, Baal. She's serving the living God and she's looking at his laws. The word of God influences you, not culture or TV. Do you realize, do you realize looking back over your shoulder, how marketing has made a fool of all of us? All right, I'm just going all the white-headed people you know no color left we used to be pepper with a little bit of salt now it's all salt with just a dash of pepper just poof. y'all remember in the 80s boys when you flipped your collar up on the polo why because someone on tv decided to do that to set a trend so they could market a different kind of polo okay okay, okay. you see how the world does the world tries to steer you and tell you who you are, and what you are to be, instead of following after God, and the things that influence you, I don't care if my shirt has a man on a horse, a frog, a, 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 a gator, uh, you know, two sticks, some of them wearing cannabis leaves, on you know, oh, I gotta pay 95. 95, 95 dollars, have you lost your mind, I can go right up the street, hit a Sam's, Get me one for $9 and go out and eat steak and ribs and everything. You know, go back to food. You you got priorities, you know. Why do you want a $100 shirt when you have cheese fries? I mean, let's, you know, be smart in here. Let me put it this way. When your mind is set on eternity, it's very hard for the world to trick you in temporal things. Imagine if our musician would come. Imagine a... uh, um, not assembly line but help me Michael what is a conveyor belt to imagine a conveyor belt going to hell the Bible says that everything in the earth is going to be burned up so I got to spend all my health to obtain wealth and put it on this conveyor belt that's going to be burnt up I got to get me a new house got to get bigger barns Wade. bigger barns Tear down those barns bigger barns got to have newer better nicer and it's on the conveyor belt now the Christian who's influenced by God says well I can enjoy things here I I can have a car that cranks That's that's wonderful I can have a new one but I'm not gonna lay up for myself treasures on the earth but I'm gonna lay up for myself treasures in heaven and who she was influenced by determined her reality and Boaz found her because she was following God's voice and God's Word Her practices have changed. Her longings have changed. She wanted to be found accepted by Boaz to find provision in Boaz, to find pleasure in him and abundance. She navigated from faith to trust. Oh, listen to this. We're almost done. Verse 12, Boaz said, and may a full reward be given you of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come to trust. What? One of the workings of grace is that you go from believing to trusting. I not only believe you, but I trust you to take me to the field. I trust you to take me home. Father, as a man, 58 years old, I commit to you publicly what I do all the time privately. I give you my wife and my babies. I I will work, I'll give what I have. But you are so much more capable of keeping and protecting and preserving and healing. How about this, Lord? How about they're yours and I get to enjoy them? And Boaz said, oh, you're learning to trust under the wings of God like a baby chick, protection from the storm. You don't just believe, you're entering into trust. And finally, those that find grace are satisfied by his kindness. She said, you spoke kindly to me. You're a God of judgment, but you're kind too. Satisfied by his nearness. Boaz told her, said, watch this. C- come dip your grain in my oil. Taste these herbs. Every life has its own Individual cup of oil where they dip with the Lord. In their loneliness, they dip with the Lord. In their sorrow, they dip with the Lord. And, and that which was only available to his family. Do you realize? I'm going to steal my thunder coming if the Lord tarries. In one day, later on in the book, she went from gleaning in the field to owning the field. One day. (laughs) And he was giving her. Oh, I don't know who needs to hear this this morning. He was giving her a taste of the life to come. You're not going to be dipping oil out in the field under a tent. Where I am, I want you to be also. I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to bring you home. And I'm going to give you my name. Romans 16 says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I want to encourage you. It won't take you 30 minutes today, 20 minutes. Go home and get a legal pad. You remember, connect the dots. Try to trace back the thing you're going through, the place you came from, the door that opened, the door that closed, and try to trace back and see if the Lord will show you how he's led you by grace. And how he's given you that. My sister that played the piano. Anybody recognize that hymn? Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace is greater. My entire Christian life, I've said to my friends and family when I die, I play one song. Is that your favorite song? John, is that your favorite song? No, it's the perfect song. Because where would I be were it not for grace? Where would I be if it were not for God's grace? And I've waited all morning to tell you this. I'll never have to know. I have been picked up and passed from judgment of life. Grace. There's grace today for your sin, your shortcoming, your insecurity, your insufficiency. Dare I say, and I don't know the exception to it, that whatever the problem of your life is, God's grace is the answer. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Would you just open up a dialogue with God? will only take a minute. And you say, God, I'm going to finish it at home. But this is what I hear you talking to me about this morning. Out loud it. Let yourself hear yourself. This is, this is what I hear today. And I want to follow this pattern of grace. God, if I have grace, I'm going to make it. If I have grace, it's going to be sufficient. If I have grace, why would I think I needed anything else? Great grace is on you this morning. Great grace is on you this morning. Would you stand with us? Wade, would you pray over us this morning?
1: Riches of your grace, God. There's so much more in the depths of all that, God. There's so much more, and you invite us in. You invite us to step into deeper, to know you more, to gaze upon your riches even more. You invite us in, God. Would you let today just be a taste? for us. Would you whet our appetites this week that we would long for more and more to know deeper and understand to walk richer. God, as we unpack this story of Ruth, God, would you take us from the field to the palace? God, as today we dip in the field, God, but you have much more prepared for us, God. Open our minds and our eyes to see. Give us hearts that want to know, ears that want to hear. God, that we would be willing to dive into the riches of your grace. Lord, as we go from this house today, would your grace go with us? Would you lead us in your grace? Would you let the fears set aside so that we may see your grace? Would you let the worry fade away so that we can embrace your grace? God, would we not see this as what you were withholding from us, but what you are revealing to us about who you are.
0: Oh, let our hearts be open, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Church family, before you go, one quick announcement. Tonight in the grill, we have, of course, corporate prayer at five, but at six o'clock, if the Lord allows, I'm gonna be speaking on the subject of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as well as the difference between tongues, as the devotional language and the gift of tongues in the corporate setting of church. And so if you're interested in the gifts of the Spirit and that subject, please join us tonight at 6 p.m. God bless you.